As Protestants and Catholics, we worship the same God, we just do it a little differently. For example, Protestants worship God in their Bible studies, fellowship, and spirit-filled services. And Catholics worship God in their beautiful cathedrals, liturgies, and sacred traditions. But that's no reason to behave like prideful little children in the Father's house, fighting over who God loves more, just because we think our way is the best way. For there is no distinction between Jews and Gentiles, and there is no distinction between Protestants and Catholics. The same Lord is Lord of all, and is generous to all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We are all God's children, but the enemy has us distracted and divided against ourselves. Meanwhile, he's destroying our families and robbing our children of their future. We must join forces. Let's stop talking about how we are different and start talking about how we are all the same in our struggles. We are all broken and we all need a savior named Jesus. We like this idea so much we created Broken Catholic, the number one podcast in the world for Protestants and Catholics. Now close your eyes and take a listen as everyday Christians reveal shocking before and after stories of how they resisted or cooperated with God's plan for their life and what happened next. Today, my featured guest is Ed Squire. He was raised Catholic in his youth and became a born-again Christian in his teens. However, he always felt like God was non-existent in his life. And he knew it stemmed from the sexual abuse he suffered as a child. For 20 years, he was a top-tier business consultant for Fortune 500 and global companies in the U.S., Canada, and Europe. In 2012, he became bitter and resentful towards God, demanding answers for his past. God began answering through a dark night of the soul experience that lasted for five years. Last May, he started a nonprofit called Me Too, What Now? to raise awareness about childhood sexual abuse and mental illness, and now lives a purposeful life marked by peace, love, and gratitude towards his creator. You can find him at metoowhatnow.com. That's metoowhatnow.com. Ed, welcome to the show. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Well, Ed, Joseph, thanks you. Thank you for having me on your show. And uh, uh, that's, uh, that's a lot of gaps. And I guess, you know, basically, when you get sexually abused as a child, uh, that just alters your identity and who you are. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's basically the enemy's uh, desire to try to interrupt God's plan and purpose for your life. Mm. So ever since that happened... Uh, my entire life has been trying to figure out who I was, right? The whole identity thing and uh, being a performance-oriented kind of person, wanting to be loved and valued for what I did, and um, uh, just a constant pursuit of trying to figure that out and always being frustrated and angry that, uh, you know, why did this have to happen to me? Yeah. And that uh, I came to the end of myself, as they say, and you hit the bottom, and I went through my dark night of the soul. I love that phrase. Uh, thankfully, I, it's I, very Catholic, by the way. Dark Night of the Soul. Oh yeah, that's from the Saints. Oh yeah, Dark Night of the Soul. Uh huh. Well, I just let God know exactly how I felt, and um, ever since then, looking back, I, I I know that He was sitting there going, you know, son, I've been waiting for you to actually to actually ask me that. 
Wow. All right. Let me pause you right there, right? Because I want to get into this story. Here's why, Ed. Not only is it personal to you, and I want to hear your personal story, but I believe that some of the healing you've gone through is some of the healing my listener needs to go through because so many people have been abused as children. I believe the latest statistic, and this was a few years back I looked at, it was one in every five boys are sexually molested before the age of seven, and it was three in every five girls were sexually molested before the age of seven. That is a sick and disturbing statistic. And I think you put it really well. You said that sexual abuse in your childhood interrupted your identity. And I would even uh, add to that, it shaped your identity because your identity wasn't formed yet. You're a child. You're going through development. And when someone steals your trust as a child, it does shape your identity. And, and so many people uh, let the enemy really manipulate that pain and then turn it into bitterness and resentment and all this other stuff. And, and it leads to a life of massive suffering for them in their adult life. And just that you've been able to uh, go in a different direction for my listener to know that there's another option. I think is really the story we want to tell today. So before we get into that realness, let's get light for a second. Take a minute and share something very personal about you, other than what you just did, um, that very few people in your business life actually know. Well, when I was in my mid-20s, I was a nationally ranked barefoot water skier. Barefoot water skier. That's what I did. Wow. <laughs> so you're, you're kind of like an athletic badass, aren't you? Yeah, pretty much. I used to jump out of uh, 40, 50 foot trees and off bridges. And uh, the, at the time, the world champion, whose name is Steve Merritt, he was the US ski team captain and the world overall champion. He became my best friend and was my uh, um, best man in my wedding party when I got married. So I uh, spent, uh, started barefoot water skiing when I was 12 and up until I was about 25, 26. That's pretty impressive. Uh, you know, it's, it's such an interesting sport or discipline to master. And uh, I love hearing like people, you know, pull something out random that I'd even know is a thing, right? And, and they're like, oh yeah, I was kind of like, you know, one of the top two in the world, you know, no big deal. But no, that was that was in Canada as well too, right? Because I'm Canadian, so saying you're uh, nationally ranked in Canada is much different than saying you're nationally ranked in the U.S. Oh, okay. Would that be like comparable to say I'm nationally ranked in Iowa or Nebraska? That's a very good way of putting it. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but still, amongst my Canadian friends, it was uh, you know they thought, awesome. they thought it was pretty cool. All right, let's get into this. Um, so. BC Nation, Burger Catholic Nation, here's why I invited Ed onto the show. I met him at a conference and he stood up and he spoke about some of the mess he's been through. And he didn't choose it when he was a kid. Sometimes you're just born into things. You don't get to choose where you begin. But I do believe that you get to choose where you end up. That's your choice. That's your free will. And that pain can be your fuel that ignites you into a life that you actually want for yourself. However, many times we give up and we play the victim and then we submit and uh, our life doesn't go according to plan. So this is why Ed is here on the show because I really want to speak to you in your heart, 
right now as you're listening. And we ask that God enters in. If you're willing to open up your heart just a little bit, just a crack, that's all God needs to access and pour his love into your heart to heal those wounds from your childhood. Whatever you've been through, it's, it sucked. It sucked. It, it shouldn't have happened. They were wrong. You got hurt. But now what? That's Ed's message. Him too. Now what? All right, Ed, let's jump into this. When that happened, what age were you? The And we won't get into the nitty gritty, okay? Um, but the, the first uh, occurrence of that sexual abuse, at what age? Just to give perspective. Sure. Yeah, so it, was, uh, it started at age four with my grandfather when uh, he and my grandmother were babysitting. So uh, it, that went on for about three years. Wow. Age four. You know, the interesting thing about that is it, looking back and done all the, the, the research and the work I've done to heal is, is finding out that the uh, physiological and psychological damage that it does neurologically in your brain is what causes you to lose your identity, which causes you as an adult to go the way you do, which for me answers the questions for me. Why was I behaving the way I was behaving? Why did I turn out to be the person that I was? And they say that when you were traumatized at that, uh, at that age, that's when your maturity stops, right? Mm. It slows. And so I grow as an adult, but mentally and emotionally, uh, you, you stay stuck at this, at this, at this stage. And it's, it, it's worse if, if it becomes compounded by multiple incidents, incidents, incidents and by multiple abusers, which was my case. Mm. I completely get that. And I've seen, uh, people in my life that years later, like I never got like why they occurred. So uh, what's the word? Emotionally childish, uh, psychologically childish and, and not adulting like, like the average person, like not getting like basic adulting concepts and, and playing the victim in their life and all this other type of childish behavior. And I never got it until years later that I found out they were abused as children. And yeah. And sure enough, like what you said, I somehow built the bridge and made the connection. Oh my gosh, they emotionally and psychologically stopped developing literally when the trauma happened, like something shifted, something shut off and it was interrupted in your words. And they didn't, they didn't get to do what I got to do as far as to develop fully psychologically and emotionally. So BC Nation, if, if you're connecting with this right now and you're going, oh my gosh, that's so-and-so in my life or that's me, then lean in and listen. Ed's going to share more about this because he's been through the mess. He's, he's taking it on. I mean, to come out the other side and then powerfully go public you know you had to have healed. You don't go public with something until you've wrestled your own inner demons. So, Ed, tell me about that. How did you even begin to do that? What inspired you to do it or who inspired you to do it? And then what steps did you take? And I'm literally going to ask you this. As you tell that story, I want your top three tips or strategies that you used to heal from sexual abuse from your childhood. And, and, and now stand in a mission to help others do the same. So what are your top three tips or strategies? Go. 
Well, the, my top three tips and strategies are actually the tagline for my nonprofit. And they are find yourself, live yourself, and give yourself. And although they, sound, they may sound general and high level, they're meant to because it's a tagline, but they actually represent the five stages of healing from trauma that uh, psychiatrists and psychologists use uh, in the industry. And I've just uh, created my own version of it as a, as a, as a survivor in, in words and terms that I could understand. And uh, so I think, you know, the, the, the big question is, and, you know, in my, in my branding, in my logo, it, it says me too. And that is in a black background. And underneath it, it says, find yourself. And what happens is what I found is I just, I got to the point where I'm so angry. You mentioned how, you know, you know, people that just seem to act child, childish and childlike in, in certain things and in, in other ways they may not, but there's something about this adult that is not right. And when I began to realize, I mean, how, how I was able to perform at, uh, at the level that I did in business, I was always frustrated that the men and the women that I was working around, and, and mostly the men, because that was my issue, was that, well, these guys are like mature. And I knew that I was acting mature, but I knew I wasn't mature. Mm. And we, all, we, all act like, we all act like goofs and kids, or we all, we all have different ways about our personalities. But for me, there was this frustration that I didn't, I didn't have this adult, this man part of me that, that, these, that these other men did. And so you, you, you get very angry that, you know, the question is why. You start asking yourself why. And for me, it was a, it was a you know, and I think until I really started asking God this question, because he was the ultimate person that I was angry with because mm. the reality is for survivors is it isn't your fault. We accepting that is one thing, but then getting out of that victim mode is another. And my, my heart goes out to people that are stuck in that victim mode. And, you know, if you haven't been there, it's real easy to have someone say to you, well, stop being a victim, stop being a victim, but it's not that easy to do. And you have, you have to go through this process of asking why and, and, and looking for the answers. So part of the answers came from, you know, researching psychology and researching the effects of childhood sexual abuse at, at, at certain ages. What happens when you're abused from, from ages three to six and from six to eight and from, from, from eight to ten? They all have a different psychological effect on you. And as I began to see that, I realized that what I'm lacking is identity. It was, just like, it was just like that word and that concept was just, I just didn't even understand what that meant. Uh, never forget it. You know, I would have people say to me, girlfriends, they'd say, your problem is you don't know how to be intimate. I was like, what do you mean I don't know how to be intimate? I thought intimacy had to do with sex. And intimacy has absolutely nothing to do with sex. Intimacy has to do with actually what we're doing right now. Right? This is intimate. We're being honest, we're being real, we're being raw, we're being vulnerable, we're being appropriate with our conversation, right? This is adult, this is mature, this is intimacy. And none of that I was capable of, like even five years ago. And so going through that dark night of the soul, that's why my, my brand is in black, because when you're there, finding yourself and figuring all this out, you're kind of in a dark place. And until you, when you start to get a handle on that, you know, and this is a funny thing, when I I ended up on disability and one day I went to a coffee shop and when I was terminated from my job because I was gone for six months, the very next time I went out in public and the, the barista said to me, oh, so what do you do? And of course, I think typically we say, 
we relate what we do in our job or our career as, as to who we are. And that's what I always did because I always like to tell people about this, about my career and I was a consultant, I traveled the world and that was my identity. But when that was gone, it just never occurred to me. And then I said to the guy, uh, nothing. <laughs> so what do you do? And I said, nothing. And he looked at me kind of funny and he goes, well, he's shaking his head and he's like looking around. Like, what do you mean nothing? I said, and I'm, I'm looking around, shaking my head, thinking the same thing. I said, and I just looked at him and I said, I, I don't do anything. And he said, so what, what, you don't work? And I said, no. And because I don't look like I'm on disability, I, I haven't got a broken arm. I sound fine. He didn't, he never thought that I was on disability. He says, you don't work. And he goes, well, you retired. And I, I'm thinking I'm just going around in my head. And I said, nope. And in my mind, I'm thinking, what? what do I do? And I really do nothing right now. And really what I was doing, oh, he actually said, well, that must be nice. <laughs> and I thought to myself, you know what? It, it is nice because all my life I've been running. I've been in fight or flight. I've been running and pursuing and performing and trying to get acceptance and value. And now I don't have anything to lean on. I can't define myself by anything. And it was very relaxing to actually not have an identity at that stage. And I thought, you know what, I have the opportunity now and the blessing to be able to figure out what that is. Who am I really? And that's when my brand moves into what now? And then the background is now white. And it says, live yourself and give yourself. So once you begin to figure out who your identity is, then you have to, you, you literally have to practice that in, in recovery. You define who you are, and then you begin to live that out in public, right? Mm. And so, and so now it's been it's been several years, and and I I love I mean I, I do a lot of filming on the street, and I love talking to strangers, and I love it when they ask me what I do, and I just I mean, what I do is I'm an advocate for uh, survivors of childhood sexual abuse. I have a nonprofit, and I feel so powerful saying that because it's that's who I am. That's what I do. That's 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 my identity as far as what I do in in a, in a in a, in a job or a career, but who I am is I'm a child of God. Now that's, that's who I am. That's mm. you know, all boiled down to being, I'm a, I'm a child of God. That's what I do. Ed, I really like where you went with this and I wasn't expecting it to go here, but I'm going to speak to it because I think it's worth speaking to. And you brought identity into the conversation. And when I do spiritual coaching with my spiritual coaching clients, that's the number one core foundational thing that's missing for most of my clients is that they associate their identity, who they are with what they do or how much they make or what's parked in their garage or hanging in their closets. And when we're able to separate the two things and make them distinct from each other and it, it, all of a sudden, it, healing opens up. And then they're like, well, I don't know who I am without that income or that, that job. Well, sometimes life will come and take that from you, right? That income yes, or that will. job. And then you're forced to face the question. I always find it's better to face the question uh, intentionally rather than life do it. And then you have to react to it. Yes. Right. Because yes. normally you're not prepared for that. But I, I always found it interesting when I went to networking groups, the number one question when you go to a business networking group is what? What do you do? What do you do? And the number one way that people answer the first two words is what? 
Here's what my job is. No. I, I, I got to challenge you on that. It's, yeah, go. I, it's I am. Oh, I am a realtor. Yes. Yes. I am a yes. this. I'm a handyman. I'm an insurance agent. I am a blank. Well, I am is an identity statement. Yes, yes. It's not a, a what you do, what you do. statement, right? And it, when we think about it from a biblical standpoint, how does God reveal himself to his people when they ask, what should we call you? He says, call me. I am. I am. That I am, yes. Right? I am that I am, right? This is identity. And he literally gave us all of our identity, when we say I am, we are speaking identity to ourself, whether we know it or not. Yes. And whatever we, we comes after I am is a self-fulfilling prophecy. So you, if you say, BC Nation, I am a realtor, you're literally placing your identity in that thing. Thing that could change. And once it changes or you lose it, you lose what? Your sense of identity. And it's a very dangerous game to play. So I love the way you answered it when he said, what do you do? You said, I do nothing. And I'm like, that's the proper, appropriate way to say it. I do real estate. I do child advocacy rather than even I am a child advocacy blank. Yes. Right? Rather, I do child advocacy because here's why. You know, and then speak to that. You could have the same power, but without associating your identity to it. And you got, you finally got to this place in your yes. life. And it may have happened maybe five years ago. You alluded to that, Joseph, my identity is I am son of God. Yes. Child was, of God. And like, it was that like, changes everything, dude. People think, you know, okay, so big deal. That sounds very religious. Okay, like, what does that mean? You go to church, right? And the reality is, you know, just ever since I told God in the hotel of my, in, in my hotel room, this is in 2012, I had it out with him and I said, okay, God, all right. You know, there's a lot of cursing going on and I was just like done. And I said, if you're really there, which I believe you are, why don't you do something? Why don't you, why don't you, why don't you, you know how my life is. Why don't you fix it? Well, you, you, you fix a lot of other things in the world. Why can't you fix me? You're supposed to be personal. I just, and it didn't, it got worse after that. <laughs> but you know why, Joseph, right? Because he, he was literally sitting there going, well, son, I've been waiting for you to ask that. And so get ready because it's going to be a bumpy ride for a while as we get rid of you and you let me come into your life. And that's what he did. He just, he just stripped me down, stripped me down, stripped me down year after wow. year until I got to the point where I realized, huh, you know, it says in, in the Psalms, it says, be still and know that I am God. And, and that, that word still appears, interestingly, uh, 100 times in the, in, the New in, the, in the entire Bible. And only one time is it ever used in this particular, um, uh, 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 in this particular way in the Hebrew. It, the root word of that word is, it, it, of course, it means still. Like when Moses said, stand still and see the salvation of the, Lord, the, the, of the, of the Lord. And, and, and the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me beside still waters. It means literally to be still. But the, the, the root word in that particular portion of scripture, it means to be healed, to be mended, to be made whole. That's mm. what it means. And when I found that out, I was like, so when I'm still, that's when I can be healed, mended, made whole. And what, wow. did, Jesus, what did Jesus do all through his ministry? He went and he healed everyone. He healed everyone. He healed everyone. And, and that's, 
that's the message in being still so that he can he can heal you so i've had to learn to just to just do that and and, and allow my identity to get figured out in who i was in my creator it's it's been an amazing journey i, I love it now Wow. Ed, you just spoke so much truth, explosion, bombs, grenades. Like that was <laughs> seriously, that was fantastic. And sorry to say, but we're out of time, right? So um, I'd like to have you back as a guest because you have so much depth and breadth. Uh, I, I think of content that you could give because you went through the mess yourself. You're, you're pulling from an infinite source now because it's no longer you who resides within you. It's God. So I really get that. And I just want to say you just showed up so powerfully. So BC Nation, this is, this is the, the whole thing you're looking for. If you're wrestling right now, go to God. Like Ed said, in my hotel room, I had it out with God. Have it out with God. There is intimacy and anger. So many people think I can't speak inappropriately to God. I can't get angry with God. I got to sound polished. I got to sound religious and all this other BS. That's not what God wants. God wants your heart. And if you're angry, bring that to him. That anger, because there's intimacy there. There's a real connection. And then get still with him so that he can heal, mend, and make you whole. Ed, that was beautiful, brother. All right. So we're speaking with Ed Squire. You can find him at metoowhatnow.com. That's metoowhatnow.com. And Ed, welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the confession round. This is where I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready, sir? I'm ready, man. All right, here we go. What's your favorite thing about God? He's reality. He is reality. Love it. What is your least favorite thing about God? I don't have one. Sure you do. We all have one. I'm going to push. What's your least favorite thing about God? I, I, wish, I wish people would be able to get illuminated and you know, believe in him sooner and easier and faster. Got it. So that you wish he revealed himself to people quicker and sooner so that they can like surrender to him. Yes. About? All right. Awesome. What are you most afraid of? Not being with him. Got it. What did you spend way too much time doing in your twenties? Ignore it. Well, in my twenties, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. <laughs> that was my career path. That was, Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. That was my career. That's a great quotation. <laughs> That's what I did. All right. What secret fear do you have about people? That you don't really know what they will do or what they're capable of. Mm, they're unpredictable. Just like mm -hmm. you and I, my friend. Because sure. we're people. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God? Just how much he really does love me and I wish I knew what that meant. That's awesome. What's a new habit you want to form? Oh, yeah, less procrastination. I'm working on that real hard. Got it. Are you procrastinating and working on procrastination? I'm doing that. <laughs> <laughs> and what's a bad habit you want to break? I eat too much sugar, man. <laughs> okay. That's real. That's real. Right? 
Pick three words to describe who you are now. The real deal. Wow. You can't take my tagline, bro. I'm telling you, that's what it is. That's what it is. I'm the real deal now. I got it. Uh, pick th- I'm going I'm to give you some. I'm going to give you real, raw, and transparent. How's that? Let's go. All right, cool. Uh, pick three words to describe who you were before you experienced God healing, mending, and making you whole. Liar, cheater, needy. Wow. Liar, cheater, needy, BC Nation. That's real. All right. And last question, Ed, if you could come back to life after you died, look your family and friends in the eye and give them only one piece of advice, what would you say to them? Find yourself and be true to yourself. Yeah. Got that. Any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about having a relationship with God versus not? The, the peace, the, the peace that you get in your mind and your heart, in your body and your, in your life is, uh, is the greatest thing I've, 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 I've got from God. It's just to be able to rest. That's it. That's what he says. Rest in me. Right. Awesome. BC Nation, do you love listening to this show, Broken Catholic? Do you love hearing guests and their stories like Ed Squire come on and share what God has done in their life? Ed's not sharing or glorifying about himself. He's speaking about God and how powerful he is when Ed finally got out of the way and surrendered. And that's what's missing in your life if you still need healing. You're not letting go of it because somehow you're finding your identity in being a victim rather than being a son or a daughter of the creator of the universe. Trust me and Ed when we say there's so much more peace and joy and happiness when you surrender to God. That's his gift to you. Uh, Ed, what is the best way for BC Nation to get in touch with you? you know, I've been really fortunate with my, uh, with my brand because me too, what now, all one word, uh, all letters. If you just punch that into the internet, you'll find me on Instagram, Twitter. You'll find my Facebook page, my website. I'm, I'm, and, and, and most important for, for me, the most exciting part is my, is my YouTube channel. That's the main platform I use to communicate my story and my documentaries and my interviews. And um, that's where I really try to connect with people on a, on a real level. So just me too, what now, all one word. All right, BC Nation, go check out Ed Squire. And if you want some spiritual coaching, that's what I do now. That's the calling God's put on my life. If you need some assistance, some outside perspective to see some of the blind spots in your own healing journey, then go to josephwarren.net forward slash possibilities. That's josephwarren.net forward slash possibilities. Jump on a clarity call with me, a spiritual clarity call, no charge. You and I will chat face to face. It's awesome. You'll get two things out of that call. The first thing, you'll get clarity in what you actually want right now in your life. And we'll get to see if we want to work together in a coaching type of relationship. So go check that out if you like. And thank you for being on the show. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, my friend. Thank you, Joseph. Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you, for your spouse. You just want better communication. When you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with 
things. You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on a bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then what I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do counseling. Those are for people that want to talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you want to get rid of your problems permanently, like be done with the addiction, be done with the medications, be done with the escaping your life because you just feel so powerless in it. If you want those results and you want peace, it's what we all want. We're all chasing it. We had it as kids. We lost it. Life beat the crap out of us. If you want peace, that's what I sell. It's God's peace. So you can find that at josephwarren.net. You can schedule a call with me, complimentary. I'll contribute 30 minutes of my time into your life. We'll get clear on what you actually want. Then we'll see if we're, we want to work together. And that's me interviewing you to see if you're ready. Are you ready to do what it takes? Some people try to come to me, but they're not ready to be coachable. They're not ready to get rid of the problems. Again, if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked and you want to permanently get rid of them, go to josephwarren.net and let's see if I'm your guy.